friend Sherry Bofill said to me, you need to come to this group with me in Denver. I was like, okay. But, um, what I really found there was a place of encounter and a place of rest and a place of just hearing the Father's voice. Um, they have this beautiful little house church, home church gathering thing that they host in their home. Um, and there's, they have just this wonderful revelation of um, the word and of uh, the truth of even through Israel and, and everything that God has done through Israel. Um, <laughs> they do a Jewish dance during worship at the beginning. And I, I can personally testify that I have received a ton of breakthrough and, and freedom in just participating in the dance. Um, they use flags and all kinds of fun stuff. And then their whole downstairs is set up as a prayer room. And so you go down there and Denny has these incredible mixes of music that he plays and you just sit under under that anointing and pray and meditate and um, Holy Spirit fills your heart. And so um, they've been there kind of holding that space for a really long time and a lot of us have benefited from their ministry and so we were really excited to invite them to come and share with us. So you guys are in for a treat tonight. So thank you Carol. Thank you Denny.
study and his research. So this is his article. Um, and being an elementary school teacher, I take what he has and I organize it. I organize it and put it all together um, and help present it. So I'll be presenting quite a bit of it, but he's going to be interjecting as well. And um, we just want to ask, um, you are free to audio tape if you want to do audio. Um, we just want to ask that you not do video, um, mainly because this is on uh, spiritual altar, spiritual warfare, and it's really hard to find images. I've been looking online for images that are free, like um, Pixabay, Unsplash, those are all free ones. Even Shutterstock is lacking. So I just pulled from the internet, and I do not know what the copyright is or not, and so I would hate for this to be on record and then go on YouTube or somewhere and then so you are more than welcome to audio, and everything's going to be read. We're going to be speaking what you see. So, you know, you'll still get the majority of the content. Um, the other piece, too, is that I grew up Baptist, he grew up Pentecostal. Those are like two very opposite spectrums. So we both bring a lot of neat things to the table. Um, but one thing that we both discovered in our journey was um, the Hebraic mindset. And that was very foreign you know, to both of us growing up when I went to Bible college and didn't care a lot about it. And um, the Hebrew mindset is basically the culture and perspective and mindset of people when they wrote the scriptures. So if you know the Hebrew mindset, then you understand they incorporate symbolism. They, um, they, they're just very visual. And so your interpretation of scripture, it, it's not that we're wrong. It's just it stuff you can pull from it. So we are, our teaching has a bit of a great mindset um, twist to it. We do like to use the word Yeshua for Jesus, that is his Hebrew name, and also um, you'll see in the PowerPoint God is a G-D, because in Hebrew they didn't use any vowels. So that's just the two little tricks in there that you'll, you'll notice is a little bit different in the presentation. Um, but I didn't know if you wanted to, we're going to have you start with so thus we became a Hebrew costal. <laughs> Hebrew costal. <laughs> Not bad to yeah. uh, This is how I pray. So I wrote a little prayer for Obi. And it, it's pretty aggressive for, for some. I just want to forewarn you. Messiah Yeshua's name, I close, we close, all doors, gates, portals, and access points to the powers of darkness over this dwelling, and especially this ministry, and uh, any personal prophecies in Yeshua's mighty name. Father, on behalf of those who have committed acts of adultery and sins attached to this property and the land it resides on, and all sins performed by agents of darkness. I bring these sins before you, Father, and ask for your forgiveness on behalf of, of what has taken place for this idolatry abomination on this land and this dwelling place in Messiah Yeshua's name. You guys were singing about. 
about mounds, mounds of people, it's about mindset. And so that's something that you need to look at when you sing that at the very beginning of that, of that worship. You're singing about mounds. Father, will you silence the blood that is calling out for restitution over this property and land, the evil spirits, and all idolatry? I command these sins into your mighty hands of judgment in accordance to the sins that were committed and bring your judgment upon them according to Isaiah 26:21. Adonijah emerges from his place of punish to punish those on earth for, this, for their sin. Then the earth will reveal the bloodshed on it and no longer conceal its slain. It's all about the land, the defilement of the land, and taking back the land. Father, in our sight, and according to Hebrews 10.26, for if we deliberately continue to sin after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there, there no longer remains sacrifice for sins. And King Yeshua's powerful name, and his authority, not mine, his authority, all angels of darkness that have received worship through these acts of sin be dethroned from their position of power. We prevent in agreement in Yeshua's authority all communication of any kind other than that which you, Father, have chosen for your healing and your glory and here in this place, Father intercept and turn back all other attempts of communication or information that does not originate from you in the natural and in the spirit, sending it back packed with the blood of Messiah and his divine gospel message of truth, love, forgiveness, salvation, healing, and deliverance. I place the same shield Judah and Benjamin had over us in his property, our families, from all communication and unification lines of communication in the natural and in the spirit realm between nations of darkness and their dark forces, we, in agreement, disturb this communication with the blood of Messiah Yeshua. All frequencies of death producing death over us in this building, in this place, Father, I throw holy spears of fire in the spirit to sow confusion into their dark evil ranks, isolating their swords of power from one another, forbidding them to use any physical object in this dwelling and in the land it sits on. Father, all power points, especially electricity, waterways, and sewerage system as source of power, I do this with Messiah's mighty name, according to 2 Chronicles 11, 12. He put shields and spears in every city and strengthened them greatly. So he held Judah and Benjamin. In the name of Messiah Yeshua, we do this. I bind and bind all evil spirits, fallen angels, dark powers, and forces of the earth, all satanic forces, in and around this property. We break in agreement in Yeshua's name, all lines of communication between them, and we send confusion to them so they cannot re 
assignments and any strategies given to them at the altars of darkness and the gates. We now claim, according to the living word of God, the protection of the shed blood of Messiah, Hamashiach, which is Messiah, over this place. Father, we thank you for your protection. Father, I, we ask you to destroy all witnesses in the spirit and push over all altars and idols that have been raised in worship to the adversary over this land and this dwelling. And that includes our homes, Father. Father, will you send your holy fire to burn up all evidence of such things in Yeshua's name. We strike all forces of darkness with deafness, dumbness, and blindness over this, this structure. And we muzzle the gatekeepers, the doorkeepers, the guardians, the agents of darkness ruling over this structure in Yeshua's name. We come into agreement with the prayer warriors, Father. They've been praying for Tina's ministry, this ministry, interceding for this ministry, and especially for this location. And cut, and cut this property free from the overlords blocking them, us, from our purpose and our destiny, our activation from God and all territorial spirits and their authority. We strip them of their power in Yeshua's name and his blood. We strip every individual evil spirit of its assignment and decommission them from its task and position of authority over this property in Yeshua's name. By Messiah Yeshua's authority in us, we now bind all identified agents of darkness that have been that are man that will manifest. We bind them ahead of time and command them to draw back in the spirit and reestablish new boundaries. Father, will you raise up your walls and strong tower with holy fire, blocking all access into this place? We ask you, Father, to place a wall of the blood of Messiah from the work of the cross from your son, Yeshua, the cross on which you defeated the powers of sin and death. Yeah. Hallelujah! And this place, in such a way, as that only you know what needs to be done here. We renounce all false gods, goddesses, and deities from your spirits who would mimic, that's right, mimic the true image of God here in the sight of Yeshua's name. In the name of Yeshua, we release the storehouse of the weapons of God. Yes, he has a storehouse. People don't realize that. in the 
spirit. Of death, destruction, depression, fan over our families, and us be changed in all belonging families. Jews in the Old Testament 
Christians don't refer back to the Old Testament enough, so we have a disconnect here. So what we're going to do is we're going to start right now with the altars in the Old Testament and look at what that meant. Because the Old Testament represents the natural, physical. New Testament represents the spiritual. So if we understand what happened in the physical realm in the Old Testament, we can apply that to the New Testament in our spiritual work. So we need to start first with what the altars were in the Old Testament. And before I get started, I just wanted to let you know, when we explain this, nothing is linear. It is multidimensional. So this altar will apply in so many different directions and connect in so many different ways. It's not just one definition. It can apply in so many different dimensions. Names are really significant in Hebrew. 
They determine the character and function of the person. This is why God has so many different names, because it describes his multifaceted um, being, all of the things that he is. He is the healer. He is the provider. And so he, that's why he has so many different names, is because it represents his character and function. Christians use altars. 
We walk by them every day. They're in the shrines. We walk by these altars and we don't even know them. We realize that they, they have spiritual significance. Now, actually, our Protestants do have altars. This is a Catholic church. They do have an altar up there. They do have um, places. Um, they do actually have great images. They have statues of either you know, Christ or so they do have altars. Now, do we use altars? Actually, we do. It's a wedding altar. We do have an altar. And what happens at a wedding altar? A covenant is made. So a covenant is the next key word as far as altars. Covenants are very important when it, it wraps around an altar. Here's another um, piece. Let's see if this is going to work. Remember when pastors used to say, come on up to the altar? Usually you come up to the altar to do what? To give your life to Christ. This is when you are um, repenting of your sins and you're coming, you, you're dying. I'm dying, this is my sacrifice. Also, when we make an altar call, what are we doing? We're coming up to the altar. So our altar is actually up here. But most pastors now will say stage, or they, they won't necessarily make an altar call They'll say, you know, do you want to come up for prayer? Nothing wrong with prayer, but we've kind of missed that whole piece of coming up for an altar call, which is where you're coming up to repent of your sins, have repentance, die yourself, that's your sacrifice, and come before the Lord. This is our version of our altar. You are going to die. You are going to die. 
both God and both the devil want you dead, but in different ways. The devil wants you dead, dead, but God wants you dead to your flesh. So we're going to die in some way or another. That is our sacrifice. Can we die to our flesh to be more and more kind? That's our sacrifice. That we bring it to him on our prayer altar, our bad attitudes. He's also going to die to our anger. Now I wanted to give you an example right here 
they used an altar not just as prayer, but to to ask God to do something for them. So when Israel had gathered to call on the name of God, the enemy became aware of this, and the Philistines actually mobilized for war. There was an anointed person of God in their midst, the name of the prophet Samuel. So when the people asked Samuel to pray to God on their behalf, he raised up an altar in the name of God in his character and function, establishing that on the earth against the Philistines. Because apparently what the Philistines were bringing in was not of God. He took a young lamb, killed it, poured its blood on the altar, as a burnt offering to God. As the sacrifice touched God, he became angry with the Israelites' enemies and thundered from heaven against all the Philistines. God was annoyed with them as he took over the battle. This angel of death and destruction was mandated to go and attack the Philistines. The Israelites did not have to fight. God won the battle for what the altar saw the throne for Israel. So it's interesting with our prayer altar, we're looking at what happens in the physical so we can take our prayer altar to appease to God for some of the things that we would like for him to fight for us. So how do we connect with God? First thing, sacrifice. We meet at the altar to sacrifice. You have to lay yourself down, physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. Lay your stuff down. This is about him. This isn't about us. We can come to the Father through the blood covenant of Yeshua, of Jesus. God calls from the altar of Yeshua, which is Jesus. This is how we can have our connection with the Father. The first thing that God wants is covenant. He had covenant with Adam and he lost it. So with the altar being able to have that sacrifice, we are able to come in covenant with him. So Yeshua, Jesus, has been our sacrifice. We can come into covenant with God. God responds to covenant. Covenants are made at the altars. It's important to establish a covenant with God first before you establish prayer altars for petitioning. A lot of people end up going, well, I want a prayer altar because there's a lot of stuff I'm going to bring to the table. God, I want to petition this. I want to intercede for this. I want to do this. I want to do that. But you know what? There are certain requirements that God is asking. Number one, our first and foremost focus is who God is. And that God's kingdom is on this earth. And that we need to spend that time in our prayer altar understanding and communing with the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is coming. Are you in covenant with God? What are the terms of covenant? It is an agreement between two or more people promising to fulfill a promise, an obligation, and a condition. Now, God already made his promise. So what is our promise? What is our obligation? Our obligation is to follow him, is to adhere to his commandments, is to walk a righteous life. He's looking at that. If you're still sitting on the side and you're going to the altar to petition, it's not going to go over very well. You're not going to get the results you're asking. Your side of this covenant is to live a righteous life and have it. That is not to gain, that is not to gain salvation. It's obedience. Yeah. He's looking for those that are obedient and those that are listening to him. God makes covenants with his people. Our first step, we need to proclaim his covenants concerning his promises he has made to us. If we are obedient to his word with a heart of humility and repentance, that's huge, repentance, he will honor his word. This is all sealed with the blood covenant. 
spirit operating through that person, uh, which is the false Holy Spirit, and it's the mother part of, of uh, the enemy. Okay? God has a mother part and a father part. The Kundalini spirit is a false Holy Spirit, and it mimics gifts. And I'm, I'm just being granted, but those seals, if she was on the word, they opened the seals. And so the enemy has a counter. So what, what do they do? They go uh, to, they want illumination. They want to, to be illuminated to whatever practice of the new age they're operating in. So that's Satan's word, but it's a false illumination. And if we're getting this to you in Farhouse version, it's like, it's a whole bunch of information, right? Normally we would do a much longer, um, you know, sit down and explain this, but we were given an hour, and they mentioned they wanted to do prayer altars, so we're giving you a lot of the structure on how a prayer altar is basically constructed. Again, it is multi-dimensional. It is not just sacrifice. It is coming into covenant or relationship with God. He gives us tokens um, just as, as a remembrance that, that this is real. That the, the um, the rainbow was a promise. So he gives tokens as a promise that this covenant is true. And then the beauty that he sealed it up um, so that nothing can come in or out. Um, except, yes, we do break it and we break it often. But given all of that, this is the whole um, foundation we wanted you to understand and know when you're coming into a prayer altar. It is about God. It's about who he is his kingdom on earth and coming in alignment with him. Once you are coming in alignment with him and you are you are conscious of walking in obedience and righteousness is when he starts to be able to acknowledge your petitions. Again, you cannot lead a double life and be living in the world or still having sin and issues there and keeping open doors you know, the, the demons can, can grab strongholds in your life and think that when you have a prayer altar, your petitions will be effective. They won't. It really hinges on your relationship with God and your understanding of God. This isn't about you. This is about Him and spending a lot of time getting to know Him. So our next phase here is going to be petitions. I'm going to um, explain a little bit about petitions, and then we're going to actually do a petition. Um, we will do Once the covenant is established, then we can petition. Petitions to God are very effective forms of prayer and warfare. We make use of petitions as a weapon against the adversary in our pursuit of the Father's fullness for our lives. But before you petition, confess, repent. Any time, oh my gosh, any time that we um, are going to request anything, We've got to we've got to ask for um, confession and repentance. I don't know if you remember um, watching some of the movies where um, they're going to do an exorcism and they always have a Catholic priest in the movie because they're the ones that do the exorcism. And as a Christian, I'm like, well, that's not going to work because in Catholicism, it's all based on works and not faith. And so everyone has to have a relationship with God. And it's not going to work. And sometimes it doesn't um, because you know where he's at, but. We have to confess all known and unknown sin 
the raiment of the blood of Yeshua before you do any spiritual warfare. Because if you leave something unconfessed, you're leaving a door open in the spirit for the enemy to get. This is why it's just so important. Just I pray for all sins, knowing I know. And, and Father, I know you're going to reveal to me what's on the so I can just really, like an onion, start pulling this stuff off and become more and more like him and become more and more obedient to Stand in the sin for your ancestors and break generational curses, okay? This is where we're trying to have a righteous life. So the first one, we're confessing our own sins, and we're also trying to break generational curses. So we're trying, we're trying to break all sin right now that's going to grab so our own sin for our ancestors, Psalms 2, 3 through 4 talks about that. Who may go up to the mountain of Adonai? Who can stand in his holy place? Prayer altar. Those with clean hands and a pure heart. That is what we need to focus on when we want to go um, into prayer with him. You have to be conscious of that. Are my hands clean? Hands um, represent what you do. Your, your service, you know, what you're doing, um, your, your, um, your jobs, and a pure heart is your attitude and righteousness. Who doesn't make, who doesn't make vanities for the purpose of their lives, or swear oaths just to deceive. So again, we need to stand in righteousness. So we start our petition, again, God is first. We start our petition declarating who God is. The second is where we have to repent of our sins. This is just establishing the foundation. It's about God. I need to wash myself and, and of anything that I've been doing currently and continue to stand under the blood of Yeshua before we start doing the petition. So you will see in this prayer that Daniel's put together this petition. So I'm going to go ahead and read the petition. You'll see the flow, and you can join with me silently while I go ahead and read this out loud. So I humbly come before you, God. In the name of Messiah Yeshua, and acknowledge any unforgiving sin, and I ask for your mercy, your forgiveness, and cleansing through my repentance and confession on behalf of my ancestors and myself, according to 1 John 1 9. I dare to come before you, Father, only under the covering of the precious blood of Yeshua Mashiach, the Messiah, as Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and Abraham. I have no righteousness of my own. I only have the righteousness of your Son. Father, I now declare that Messiah, Yeshua, that I believe in the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you see how all of this is about how I am standing, how I am positioned in Yeshua, and how I am positioned with God? I now declare that I stand before you by virtue of the completed, perfect work that Yeshua, Jesus, did on the cross covered by his blood and clothed with his righteousness. I further declare that I have been redeemed from the hand of the adversary and that through the blood of my Redeemer, Yeshua Messiah, all my sins are forgiven. Thank you, God, for the abundance of your grace that you are pouring over me right now. Again, understanding our position. God, you are the God of Israel. In the name of Messiah, Yeshua, your son, I humbly come into your presence. In his name, and petition to you as judge to allow me to come before you today. It is with this God that I stand in the blood covenant through the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach, the only way, the truth, and the life through whose blood I am redeemed. I also believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It is on the grounds of this blood covenant 
that I present my petition before you with boldness. When Denny starts praying this over somebody who needs deliverance, the enemy cannot stand because you are standing in righteousness by what you are declaring. There is no room for error. You just determine your position. And with that, you can move forward. Father, I come to you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, the only true Son of God, and ask you, Father, for protection and any backlash towards myself and my family and those involved with this petition. I now activate my prayer altar to God and my covenantal privilege by daily prayer, praise, and worship to him. I will ever be conscious of this divine covenant and Abrahamic covenant with the Messiah and my personal covenant to God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of Israel, I come to you in the name of your son, Yeshua Messiah. I honor you as my sovereign king. You're the only all-powerful and only wise God. You are kind and loving in all your ways. I love you and I thank you that I am united with Yeshua and spiritually alive in him. So much focus is on our position. We are the bride. We are so cherished. And we are so covered. And we are anointed. Thank you that according to your word in Joel 2.32, it will come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of God shall be saved. Thank you that according to your word in Jeremiah 33.3, you will answer when I call you and show me great and mighty things which we did not know. God, I thank you that through the sacrifice of Yeshua on the cross, I have passed from under the curse and entered into the blessing of Abraham, whom you blessed in all things, namely victory, health, blessings, and Yeshua, Jesus' favor. God, I thank you that your grace is made abundant for me because I have received the grace of salvation through your Son, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. I now enter with you into the abundance of your grace. My life is no longer mine, there's a sacrifice, but yours. I depend on your grace and favor. Let your grace be available in every area of my life and in every situation. Let your grace preserve my life. Let your grace sustain me from failing. Have we started petitioning for other people yet? We're still in his glory. We're still just asking in his presence right now. Let your grace sustain me from Grant me your favor in every area of my life. I seal the blessing of this covenant today with the blood of Yeshua in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's preparation, folks. You're really ready to petition. There's preparation. And I tell you, you have shut so many doors in the enemy of trying to come in and try by just taking this time to be in his presence. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Today, I bind my life with you in a covenant relationship. I enter by faith into my covenant blessings. God, I know you are faithful to your covenant. Give me the grace to be faithful in my life. I know I am covered by your covenant all the days of my life. And for my children and my children's children to the thousandth generation, thank you, Father. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Matthew 18, 18 through 20. That was a wonderful way to establish yourself before you start going into requests. The word of God assures us that if we stand in agreement, that whole petition is being in agreement with who God is and with what he did for us. 
mine on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. If two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So we've taken this time to show you that when these requests are being made, what is really important is have you aligned yourself or are you living a double life? Are you still doing things on the side and coming to him with requests? It's not going to be recognized as much as, I mean, this is what it's all about anyway, being able to know about God and knowing what your intention is. A couple other components too with the altar I wanted to get into. Thrones and gates. This is what I got off the internet because I just could not find this on any of the freebies. These are beautiful pictures. When you are dealing with an altar, you're dealing with a throne. When you go to the altar, who are you talking to? God who sits on the throne. When the demonic go to the altar, who are they talking to? The adversary who sits on his throne. So do you see how this is multi-dimensional? There's a lot of components going on when we're talking about a prayer altar. So whenever there is an altar, there is a throne, a legal authority. There is a throne of God and a throne of the adversary. Hebrews 4.16 are examples of that. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne from which God gives grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Psalms 11, for Adonai in his holy temple, Adonai his throne is in heaven, his eyes see and test humankind. And then Revelation 2.13 talks about the other side. I know where you are living, there will be adversaries throne. So he has one as well. The other component are gates. Gates are where decisions are made. Uh, the reason why that definition came up was because Old Testament, again, Old Testament shows everything in the, in the physical world. It applies to the spiritual. When people stood at the gates, they made the decision of well, who could enter and who couldn't, who was safe and who wasn't, what produce they wanted coming in or not. Every decision made in a gate decided what they wanted in their kingdom. So some things they accepted, some things they didn't. A lot of times judges were at the gates and also kings were at the gates. So where there's an altar, there's a spiritual gate. Spiritual thrones are placed or erected over the altars or gates. The one who sits upon the throne is the one who has the power and the control behind the altar. At the gates, Thrones can be set up at gates and doors. Second Chronicles 18.9 gives us an example. Describes the king of Israel sitting on his throne, dressed in his royal robe, sitting at a threshing floor at the entrance to the gate of Shalom. So kings on their thrones can make the gates make decisions. So as part of the prayer altar, gates are part of the decision. Well, the end-time battle is not going to be won in the church. So we are going to take the battle to the gates. Prepare the way, prepare the way. Uh, open the gates, open the gates. Prepare the way for the living stones. We are the living stones. So really, in time, the battle is going to be won at the gates. He'll take you off to the It's been its It's not something you usually hear in church very often, especially not this one. Altars of darkness. Um, this actually says altars and idols. It's not very important, but it was a cool picture. Um, 
How do believers expose evil altars? They need to discern and recognize their operation. So how do we know when evil altars are, evil altars are being used or being used on you? Because you are a threat, don't think that you are not going to be a target. Because if you're working for the kingdom, you will be a threat. Do you know how many witches come into churches to take churches down? All the time. So their eyes are set on you. They're not set on non-Christians, because non-Christians are a threat. They're set on you. So oftentimes, you will get hit by something from dark altar. You don't have Thrones of darkness. The throne is a place, again, of legal authority. 
strongholds can be established there. Thrones are set up through mandates, commands, proclamations, and decrees. We should not take them lightly. The best weapon that Satan has is for people that think he does not exist. And a lot of times churches will not recognize what he can do. It is ignorance, yeah. They and my children perish for lack of knowledge. Spiritual altars of darkness, they are used to intimidate. It becomes effective when you begin to live under fear. So if you have a lot of fear, this could be something that is um, attached to you. It becomes effective if you begin to live under fear that you cannot be yourself until somebody breaks that fear of intimidation from the altars of darkness. Remember, there is no fear in God. How do we do the warfare? If you don't know your authority in Yeshua, the Messiah, then you'll lack the power against the evil altars. We took the whole first part of um, this PowerPoint telling you how to be in covenant and how to understand our relationship with him and the power that we have and, and the protection that we have in his blood. Oftentimes we are afflicted because of ignorance. If we don't pray accurately, we're not going to get good results. We need to deal with the source and the origin of the problem. You do more damage with repenting and doing damage. With focus, target, warfare type prayer that has a focus, target, then just pray for two That's how I pray for targeting you target, the Holy Spirit uh, shows you uh, an issue or a situation. I pray the word of God. When I pray, I pray the word of God will help the situation. I target the source of that blood. Head on. So how to know if altars or darkness are operating in your life? You need to first recognize the manifestation. What's manifesting in your life? And how they're operating. Then you can, what do you do? You don't do this yourself. You submit yourself to God. This is where you're laying down again. Again, we're dealing with the sins. We are trying to purge ourselves of anything that we're still, we need to come clean with. Because this is where the enemy comes in to try to grab strongholds. So the symptoms of an evil manifestation, if there is some, some altar of darkness is trying to attack you. Not all the following symptoms are manifestation of evil spiritual altars. So you need to pray for discernment. But some of what we go through or suffer with in our daily life can be the result of a generational curse. Look for regularly repeated tragedies that are cyclical. Do you have a lot of tragedies that are happening in your family or in your family life? Just these unknown tragedies happen. This could be from um, a, a dark altar. Many times you see a cycle or a pattern from well, my dad was an alcoholic and his dad was so that would be cyclical. It would be a cycle. And so what the enemy does is he, he takes and places a curse of time on that cycle. And that's why it's repetitive. It happens over and over through the generations. So we have to, anytime you see a curse of time, that, at that particular time, is God's intention to bless. So Satan comes along and robs us of our blessing at that particular time. Thank you.
excuse me, that there are delayed blessings from God. When you have a tragedy that is regular and repeated, you can count and almost predict them on ultra-mighty existence against your life. If you have periodic sickness, doctors can't diagnose that quickly. Every year during a certain day or season, something happens to you like it was programmed in the stars. These are patterns, cycles, where agents of darkness are using spiritual time clocks, which is what you just said. So we need to crush and smash these time clocks. Now before I go on with some more of these symptoms, the outcome is always the same. The outcome is always the same. Whether you are living, whether this is a generational curse, or this is something that you are doing on your own and you're sinning, or this is coming from um, the opposition, the answer is always the same. You submit yourself to God and you start going through repentance. Next one. Drastic change in mood. I had this hit me once after I did a pray for um, a woman at a friend's church. I didn't know she was a witch. And when I was praying for her, I had my hands on her and something transferred. And all of a sudden, my mood just changed. And I was like, oh my gosh, where did this come from? It was like I was ready to just quit everything. I was ready to quit being a Christian. I was ready to quit. It was so violent. I'm like, what just happened? And then I found out later she was a witch. So drastic mood change. You may be the kind of person that's very gentle, but then, then there's some anger or irritation inside that you cannot explain, or you want to hurt someone out of the blue. You're puzzled as to why you would make these things. Several months later, it happens again, and so you begin to question who you are. You should be a person of very high moral character, and then you start struggling with lust. Coming out of the blue, this isn't you. It's very uncharacteristic. That's a classic sign. You're getting hit from someone. Out of the clear blue, you have a death wish or suicidal thoughts. This happened to Elisha. When Jezebel threatened to kill him, she probably went to her altar and started working on the prophet, and from that day on, the man of God lost his balance. And Elisha ran and he wanted to kill himself because of Jezebel. You may be experiencing abnormal losses. Your money just disappears mysteriously or other objects without explanation. You cannot find the key to your car. You cannot find your wedding ring. You cannot find certain documents. And you cannot find precious things you kept diligently somewhere the day before, no matter how much you search. These are just out of the blue things that kind of start happening. It's like, you know what? I think I'm under spiritual attack. God has asked God to commission his angels to find whatever is missing in Yeshua's name. Ask him to send his angels to go on out to the angels, ancient agents of darkness or hide us and to command them to return what has been taken in Yeshua's name. Ask God to make visible that which darkness has made invisible, has blinded your eyes in Yeshua's name. We are not victims. We are targets. Okay? And once we realize what's going on, then we can just start praying about it. You are not on the losing side, and you never will be on the losing side. But it's just nice to know how to pray accurately when you see these things happen. You begin to have discouragements out of the and begin to have feelings of oppression and depression. It just doesn't seem normal. What Elijah went through was normal and unusual. When you have inexplicable discouragements, regular depression, you just kind of see where this, this is going. It's just out of the blue. This is not characteristic. 
identify it, because half the time we just kind of let it slide by and not recognize what's going on, but once you recognize it, you can address it in prayer. Agents of darkness know when you rejoice in So we 
showed you how um, altars operate. We showed you how to deal with spiritual warfare. Again, we just fire hosed to the side of God. But we're going to go ahead and close this with being able to claim our blessings. Yes, if I send you a prayer, would you be able to, to pray in the altars? We had a pretty lengthy prayer against the altars of darkness that we were going to do, but we're running a long time. So we're going to skip that and just go to the blessings. Uh, all right, you ready to get blessed? <laughs> blessing of grace. My God shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his eternal kingdom. We have a blessing of favor. I am accepted. In the beloved, again, we're understanding where we stand. Okay, do you want to all say it? Okay, you ready? Everybody? We'll start at the beginning. A blessing of grace. My God shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his eternal kingdom. A blessing of favor. I am accepted in the beloved. Therefore, goodness and mercy shall follow me all days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of God forever. A blessing of protection. I am hid in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. The enemy cannot touch me at all. These are the places you go, God. The blessing of victory. You shall cause my enemies to rise up against me, to flee before me. They shall rise up against me in one way and flee before me seven ways. A blessing of healing and health, that God is my life, my portion, my health, my wealth, and the strength of my life. Jehovah Rapha is my God. A blessing of life. I shall not die, but live to declare the wondrous works of God. A blessing of provision and abundance, and we're closing with this. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Yeshua HaMashiach, the anointed one of the Messiah.
blessed tonight. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you for being here. Um, Emily has envelopes if you need them, and the yellow bowl's going around. So um, we love you all. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.